Um, you may have heard that they just mentioned live streaming, just so that you know we are testing out the technology for live streaming today, um, just to prepare for what may or may not be to come. But I have to say it's lovely to see you here, and it's so lovely to gather, isn't it, to, to all be here today. Um, so before Andy comes and speaks to us, we just want to spend a few moments just to think and talk about the situation that we currently find ourselves in. Um, and we're just going to start by showing Andy's video that he sent out earlier this week, just in case you haven't had a chance to see it. Um, I just wanted to share some things with us. I'm sure you've been watching the news. You know the global issues around coronavirus. There is a lot of anxiety around. We see it in panic buying. Um, I believe that as Christians and as a church, we're called to live distinctively, to be part of a different story. Um, and so how can we respond really well? I want to share three ways with us. The first is lean into faith rather than fear. You may remember a story where Jesus and his disciples were in a boat. There was a storm. They all thought they were going to drown. They wake Jesus up and he says to them, you have little faith. Why are you so afraid? In other words, have more faith and less fear. In an anxious world, it's really easy to catch anxiety. So choose peace, choose faith, choose Jesus. Lean into faith. But faith doesn't mean leaving our brains behind. So second thing, be wise. Follow good advice, government advice, professional advice. Things like washing our hands. 20 seconds. The Lord's Prayer will take you about 20 seconds to pray. So while you're washing your hands, pray the Lord's Prayer. You know, follow the advice around traveling, um, especially on your return. And the third thing is stay connected. We're going to keep on meeting um, as a church while we can continue to do so. That's the advice that we're being given. We can give one another a really warm welcome on Sundays, whether or not we shake hands or bump elbows. Uh, we can do that in a non-weird way, but just in a warm, welcoming way. And we want to stay connected with those in our communities, especially those that are more vulnerable. So reach out in love and peace to those who are becoming more anxious. Help one another to respond really well. And lastly, this is just a good time to be praying. Praying for God's kingdom to come. You know, there are opportunities where we can actually grow. And so where our trust in God can deepen. So pray for that to happen in your own life. Uh, pray for that across the whole of our church. So take care and God bless you. Okay, so we're just going to spend just a few minutes asking ourselves this question. In an anxious world, how can we become a non-anxious presence? Have you sensed some anxiety around this week? Yeah, it's, it's pretty high anxiety, hasn't it? That's for sure. But what can we do as followers of Jesus to be different? How can we bring peace and calm into this time of turmoil to bring faith into the situation? There is a lot of information out there. Some good, some not so good. Um, one good and helpful resource we found this week is um, this website called Mind and Soul Foundation. Um, they are a Christian organization that does a lot of work around the area of mental health. And some, a really good article on there um, giving just some perspective and also some information. A particularly great article by this chap called Will Vanderhart. Um, oh, there we go. The picture up there. And he's got five suggestions of what we can do as Christians. So I'd love to just run through those five suggestions and then have an opportunity to pray at the end. So the first thing he says is accept that uncertainty is as anxiety-provoking as the disease itself. That is the reality. We are in uncertain times. 
there's not a great deal we can do about it. We can't fight against it. So to some extent, it is best to accept that we are in uncertain times and we can't control a lot of things. But accepting that brings the anxiety levels down. And the reality is that anxiety is not actually good for your immune system. So let's do what we can to accept the situation that we find ourselves in. And do what we can also just to stop that catastrophizing mindset, maybe in our own thoughts or maybe in those around us. Just take a moment just to be present in the moment. To say to yourself, my feet are on the ground, I'm here. I'm breathing. God is here and God is with us. And he's good. Second thing, do the things we've been instructed to do. Responding in disproportionate ways does not help either our own anxiety or those of other people. Walking around Sainsbury's with a clear bucket on your head is not helping anybody. Can you see? So we need to find a balance. I suggest that we follow the government guidelines. We don't flaunt the rules, but at the same time we don't run for the hills and panic. Do what we've been instructed to do. There is a lot of misinformation out there, isn't there? The best places to get good, solid, up-to-date guidance is the government website and the NHS website. Unless the man down the pub is a world-class epidemiologist, his advice might not be quite as good as these days. Do what you can to find out what you need to know from reliable sources and don't feel fear or anxiety in others by your actions or even by your words, what you say, think about what you say. This one I found particularly relevant for me this week. Give yourself a break from the media. There is a lot of information out there. What is it, 90% of the news pretty much is on this. And then there's social media as well, of course. I know that as I watch the news going round and round in circles, my anxiety levels have gone up. So maybe catch up on the news once a day. Maybe don't check your phone every hour. Consider your social media use, whom you listen to, and how often, and is it actually helping you? Look after your own mental health. Read a book. Ride a bike. Go for a walk in nature. Now, don't take this next one wrong. Number four, don't become isolated. Obviously, there are times when we may need to physically isolate ourselves in the coming weeks and months, but don't cut yourself off. Stay connected with others. As a church, we always, always want to see people in small groups, and now more than ever. Small groups is that place where we can form deeper relationships, where we can care for one another and look out for each other in times of difficulty. So now is a brilliant time to invest in those. If you're not in a small group, please join one. If there comes a point where you need groceries delivering or prescriptions collecting, we all need relational circles around us, don't we? People that we can trust to say, come and help me out. Just so you know, in a church of this size, I'm sorry, but the pastoral staff are not going to deliver food to hundreds of you. We are not Tesco or any other supermarket that you to. But each of us can help one or two other people out, and that's the way it's going to go. We will stay stronger if we stay together. There are small group flyers out in your seats today. If you are not in one, can I strongly, strongly, strongly encourage you to fill one out and pop it in the blue box at the back. I would love to see that box full today. Or if you know a small group leader, just go and chat to them and say, I want to connect. And what about thinking beyond the church as well? 
Historically, the church has moved towards the sea and not away from them. But clearly, we need to be sensible. What can we do, though, in our neighbourhoods or our workplaces to connect with others, to help those who are more vulnerable? Some suggestions are neighbourhood WhatsApp groups, just a few houses to keep in touch with each other. Maybe a note through an older person's door, picking up the phone to a friend or someone who's isolated. There are some already who are not here today because they're more vulnerable, so they are isolating themselves. Can you pick the phone up to them? There are going to be a lot of opportunities to be Jesus to those around us. Let's do what we can to reach out to others. Number five, press into God in prayer. The good news, God is with us. Matthew 28, 20, and surely I am with you always. Always means always. Hold on to that. If every time we thought about the situation and we started to get anxious, we turned those thoughts to prayer, wouldn't that be radical? I know it would change my prayer life. As a response to the situation, we're changing our plans for the evening service tonight, and we're going to put the time aside simply to worship and pray. So why don't you join us tonight at 6 o'clock? Let's press into God in prayer at this time, rather than fear and anxiety. We should have done one paper, shouldn't we? And then finally, um, Debbie Wright, Debbie and John Wright are the um, national leaders of the vineyard. Debbie put this message out this week in response to what's happening. I have decided I want to bring peace and hope in the midst of fear. Pray and remember thankfulness in all circumstances. Share what I have. Attempt to heal the sick. Be available to those in need and follow our government's guidelines to help delay the spread great words there. Let me just pray those words for all of us now. Lord, thank you that you bring peace and hope in the midst of fear. Lord, I ask that we would all carry your peace and hope into the situations that we face. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness to us. Help us to remember all that you have given to us and help us to share what we can with those in need and be available for those that need help at this time. Thank you that we know you here today, Lord. Help us to be part of the story of healing in these times with wisdom and mercy. And Lord, help us to do all that we can to follow the government's advice. We pray for our government and for those making decisions, and Lord, we ask that they would have your wisdom at this time. Thank you, Lord, that you are still God in heaven and help us to keep our eyes fixed on you. Amen. Andy, why don't you come and speak to us? That's very good advice. Really, really helpful this morning. So, um, one of the things that I, I often say to people, and it, and it applies in lots of circumstances in life, but it certainly applies now, is just, in, just imagine there's a fire burning in front of you, and you've got two buckets. One has got water in it, and the other has got oil in it. And when we're faced with fires in life, we always have an option as to which bucket we're going to apply to the fire. Okay? We live in a world right now where there is a fire of anxiety which is burning. 
you've got two buckets. Are you going to apply oil on it or water on it? In other words, are you going to fuel anxiety in your own life and in the lives of people around you? Or are you going to try and bring some peace? You've got a choice. Two buckets. So think about what you put out on social media and what you retweet and stuff like that because you can either put oil on it or water on it. And, you know, there's, there's a phrase that we often use, isn't there? Keep calm and carry on. You heard that one? Keep calm, yes. Carry on and just behave like we've always behaved? No. Wash your hands. <laughs> All of those kind of things. And we do that for the sake of other people, right? So keep calm and carry on. No. Keep calm, but we need to respond. And so we're doing that as a church. We need to do that as individuals, right? So that we can really serve and love those people around us. You know, I love that idea of being a non-anxious presence in an anxious world. That you can do that. Okay? So, something completely different now. Week four of Everyday Supernatural. We are going to carry on our series. We've been running this across our church. Um, and we've been you know, thinking at the start of each week about this quote from a guy called Jonathan Edwards. He was a pastor out in the U.S. in the 1700s. And he wrote this about this everyday supernatural life. He used the language of revival, but it's the kind of the same thing when we become alive by the Spirit of God. He said, revival is not a move from the ordinary to the extraordinary. Rather, it's a move from the subordinary to the ordinary. We become fully human as a result of revival, not frothy or weird, but instead what God always intended us to be. And I love that idea of within this everyday supernatural life that Jesus is calling us to, which is doing the stuff that Jesus did, healing the sick, uh, miracles, uh, releasing freedom, bringing life to things that are dead. That's the everyday supernatural life. That's the kind of life I want to live. An ordinary it's amazing, but an ordinary, everyday supernatural life. I believe that that is the inheritance of every follower of Jesus. That is our destiny. That is what it means to be fully human, to be fully alive. I want that kind of life. If you're a follower of Jesus, I hope you want that kind of life too. If you're here this morning and you say, well, I don't think I'm a follower of Jesus yet, you're incredibly welcome here. And I hope that one of the things you hear is Jesus' invitation to live an amazing life to become fully human, everything that you were intended to be. So, so far in this series, we started by thinking about this, this truth, this reality that God's power is in His presence. So more than anything else, we need His presence. And then we thought about um, doing whatever Jesus tells us to do. So we were thinking about obedience, but obedience also requires us to take risks, Obedience plus risk releases God's future. Doing whatever he tells us to do. Last week, Rob spoke about everyone gets to play. That is ingrained within the, the DNA of the vineyard. Everyone gets to play. In other words, every one of us has the potential when filled with the Holy Spirit to do what Jesus did. Everyone gets to play. If you've got stories of what Jesus has done in your life or in the lives of others as we go through this series, would you ping us a message? There's a, there's a web page set up. You can click on that. Um, I know people have been praying for one another. We've seen people healed, that kind of stuff. We would just love to hear those kind of things, to celebrate with you. 
And our plan is, as we head towards the end of this series, as we wrap up the series, uh, we'll take some time and have, and have space for people to share some of the things that the Lord has been doing. So uh, we'd love you to be a part of that. Now, in life, there are lots of things that we know are important that we don't always do. Okay? Five portions of fruit and veg. We know that's important, right? I'm not going to ask for a show of hands. Every day. And remember, ketchup does not count. Okay? And, and I have been informed that chips don't count either because apparently potatoes aren't a vegetable anymore for these purposes. So no hash browns, chips. We, we know that's important, right? But the question is, is do we do it? Hand washing. Always been important. But hand on heart? Exercise. Now, adults in the UK aged 19 to 64 are advised to do some physical activity every day, at least 150 minutes per week of moderate intensity activities. That's like a brisk walk. And strengthening activities at least twice a week. So how are you doing? How are you doing? You see, it is one thing for us to know something is important. It's another thing to live it out. To live an everyday supernatural life, there are lots of things that are important. One of which, and the thing that we're going to think about this morning, is hearing God speak. Hearing God speak. We can't be doing whatever he tells us to do if we're not listening to his voice. And so we can't just think about it. We can't just theologically understand it to be true if we're not doing it. There has to be this matching realism in our lives between what we understand to be important and about what we're actually doing in our lives. So that's what we're going to be thinking about this morning, hearing God speak. If you have a Bible, could you turn to John chapter 10? I'm, I'm on paper, that far through. You might have a gadget, a phone that you read the Bible on, that's wonderful. The words will come up on the screen when we get to the story. But what we're going to find is that Jesus uses a picture that is very familiar throughout the Bible. And he's going to use a picture of a shepherd and sheep. And you'll see that sort of picture throughout the Bible. So, for example, Psalm 23. Many of us will know Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. And one of, the, one of the best ways to read that psalm is to imagine that you're a sheep. When you read that psalm, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That sounds like really good news to me. Not just in our present circumstances, but, but like all the time. He leads me to quiet pasture, into a non-anxious place. Oh, I like the sound of that. You know, he, my, my cup overflows. This is good news, people. Imagine you're a sheep when you read those kind of passages of Scripture. And so that's the kind of picture of, of care and protection that we see when the Bible talks about a sheep and a shepherd and the way that the sheep live in healthy dependence to their shepherd. And so then when Jesus shares this teaching 
we need to also remember, well, so there was this, there was this resonance that people would have heard these language in the Old Testament, but they also would have seen it day to day. They would see shepherds leading sheep probably every day, just because of the nature of the society that they were a part of. And so I'm going to read from verse 1 of John chapter 10. This is Jesus speaking. He says, Very truly I tell you, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all of his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. I'm just going to move down to verse 14. Jesus carries on. He says, I am the good shepherd. Slight tangent at this point. When Jesus says, I am, in John's Gospel, he uses an echo of the language that you find in Exodus chapter 3 and verse 14. That is an account of Moses at the burning bush. And Moses says to God, who are you? And God says to Moses, I am who I am. And this is the same kind of language that, that Jesus uses here. So John, this verse, verse 14, Jesus in effect saying, I am who I am, the good shepherd. Jesus' listeners would have absolutely understood what he was saying. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. And then down, we're going to pick it up again in verse 27. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. Paraphrase of what Jesus is saying. If we want to hear God's voice, be like a sheep. Be like a sheep. Behave like a sheep in responding to a shepherd. Because Jesus just reminds us something. Sheep know the voice of their shepherd. They just know. They just know and they follow that. So how do we become sheep of the good shepherd? We say yes. We say yes to Jesus being our shepherd. So rather than just being like a lost sheep and going our own way, we say yes to Jesus. And we say, Jesus, I'm surrendering my life to you. I'm giving my life to you. And we uh, open our hearts to him. We submit our lives to him. I'm going to trust you, Jesus, with my life. And this, the, the, the teaching of Jesus here reminds us that when we do that, we're given eternal life. That's what that last couple of verses said. We're given eternal life, and no one will ever snatch us out of the hands of God again. We have certainty when we take that step. And so when we say yes to Jesus, we become a Christian. And we become like sheep of the Good Shepherd. If you've taken that step, then you can, uh, you can identify with the sheep in this story. Because what Jesus says in verse 4 is that sheep know his voice. Not maybe, or they might know his voice. He says, sheep 
know the shepherd's voice. It's part of being a sheep. In other words, it is supposed to be normal for a follower of Jesus to hear the voice of God. Just normal. Part of being fully human, fully alive, is to hear the voice of God. So a question then that I'd like to ask us this morning is, do you hear the voice of God as much as you would like to? I don't. I would like to hear God speak more to me. And so let me just press that into the press into that a little bit more. How often do you think that God wants to speak to you? Once a year? On your birthday? Does God sing happy birthday down the divine telephone? Once a month? Once a week? Maybe once a day? You're lucky? Well, have a think about it this way. How often do you speak to those that are close to you? You know, if you're married, how often do you speak to your spouse? Do you speak to your partner? How often do you speak to your friends? How often do you speak to work colleagues or your neighbors? How often do you speak to people? Do you think that Jesus wants to speak to you more or less than you speak to your spouse or your friends or your work colleagues? Do you think he wants to speak to you more or less than that? Do you think that he loves you more or less than your spouse or your friends or your work colleagues or your family? Do you think he loves you enough to speak to you? I do. And because of that, I believe that God is always speaking. He's constantly speaking. Here's just an example from the Bible. Psalm chapter 29. Verse, I'm going to start in verse 3. It says, The voice of the Lord is over the waters. There's a lot of water. The sense of God's voice just hovering over the planet that we live on. The God of glory thunders. The Lord thunders over the mighty waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is majestic. And then it goes on in this psalm to say, The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. In other words, it shatters trees. The voice of the Lord strikes with flashes of lightning. The voice of the Lord shakes the desert. God is always speaking. God is always speaking. The thing is, I believe that we have a problem. Just like Houston. We have a problem. The problem is not on God's side. It is on our side. We have a hearing problem. And in part, that's because we live in a noisy world and we lead busy lives. That's part of the problem. But another part of the problem is what Jesus keeps dipping into in John chapter 10. What he reminds us is, there an, is that there is an enemy in this world who does not want you and I to live out the life that Jesus has for us. And you'll see that through Jesus' teaching. For example, in verse 1, he says that there is a thief. There is a robber. And in verse 10, he unpacks that some more and tells us that that's this thief, this enemy, comes to steal, kill, and destroy our lives. This is real. Okay? There is spiritual forces in this world, the devil, demons, Satan, who is out to steal life from you. And if you've given your life to Jesus, he does not want you to do what Jesus did. 
He does not want you to live an everyday supernatural life. And so he will try and steal that from us. And one of the ways that he does that is by throwing other voices into our lives. Voices that also say, follow me. Can you spot that in verse 5? The stranger comes along and repeats the same language as the good shepherd and says, follow me. But the stranger comes to lead us astray and not to release life, but to take us into dead places. He comes to deflect, to distract, and to distort in our lives. So God is always speaking, always speaking to us. And just because we don't always hear what he has to say does not mean that he is not speaking. I believe the issue is on our side. It just means that we are not hearing. Now, he may not be saying what we want him to hear or what we want him to say, or he may not be answering the questions that we have asked, but he is always saying something. His voice hovers over the waters. It thunders. He is always saying something. So, what I want to spend the rest of our time this morning thinking about is how can we press in for more? And I'm going to share three Ps from John, from John chapter 10. I've shared the first one, well, one of them. We have a problem. Three Ps. How can we hear God's voice more? The first thing is, is that God's voice is personal. He has things that he wants to say to you. And just to you. You notice that during, during this section of teaching, verse 3, Jesus calls his sheep by name. By name. Verse 14, Jesus says, I know my sheep. Verse 27, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them. Now, this should be mind-blowing. This should cause the hair on our necks to start standing up. And if it's not, could you just check you're alive? Because what this is saying is that the Almighty Creator God wants to speak to each of us by name. Not just in a general booming thing, but Kenya, Jim, Hannington, Sharon, by name. That God, doesn't that tell you something about how God sees you and I? That He loves you, that He wants relationship within us, with us, that His voice is intimate and personal because He knows us by name. And because He knows us by name, He speaks to us. Just like people who love each other speak to each other. Let me just share a story from my own life. This, this is deeply personal um, to me, but I, ho- I hope it just helps illustrate this. I, before I started working in, in, for this church, I, I worked in the pharmaceutical industry for 12 years. Um, and this is the place where I used to work. This is out in Slough. Lovely Slough. And um, Slough's all right if you live in Slough, by the way. It's just not nice to drive through in the morning. <laughs> um, so this was, I, and I wrote this down. This, this, this happened to me on the 1st of November, 1996. And I was, it was in the middle of the day, and I was walking from the ground floor of that building, which is where the labs were that I used to work in, up to the first floor where my office was. 
And I was halfway up that flight of stairs, and I sensed this inner voice, which I knew to be the Holy Spirit, just speaking to me and saying, Andy, do you love me? And it was that, per- it was that personal, it was like, Andy. So that really got my attention. Personal God speaking to me. Andy, do you love me? And I just, I just kind of, I guess, spontaneously replied, Lord, you know I love you. And then as quick as anything, I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, well, then feed my sheep. And for those of you that have read John's Gospel, you'll know that that has echoes of an account of Jesus talking to Peter that you'll find in John chapter 21. And it was kind of like, you know, it was just, it was so striking for me personally and in a sense of calling. It was striking because God spoke by name, not an audible voice, but it just knew that he was speaking, Andy, do you love me? And it was kind of like, you know, sometimes like the Lord is just sneaky. And he's like, Lord, I'm in the middle of my working day. Lord, if I could just cry right now, I would. But I'm in the middle of this corporate pharmaceutical environment. This is just not a good place to emotionally respond to probably the deepest sense of calling you're ever going to put in my life. The Lord, by the, if you didn't know that the Lord does that from time to time, maybe I've just helped you this morning. The Lord just does that. And why does he do that? It's because he loves us. And so I believe that one of the things the Lord wants to do with us this morning is just say stuff to us. Now, Stephen, and you might just hear his name and he speaks to you this morning. Because he loves you. And that's for everybody here, right? Now, does that happen to me every day in that way? No. That, that was just an example that was deeply personal to me. But do I hear God speak every day? Yes. You know, when, when we pick up the Bible... And something speaks to our lives. You know, it might be a circumstance that we're going through. And it's like, my goodness, God has seen this before. And he has something to say. Who would have thought? Or there's something in, in, in God's word, it's kind of like, I would love my life to be like that. Because it stirs something of the dream and aspirations of our, of our hearts. That is God speaking to us. Maybe you go out for a walk in a park and you see some blossom on the trees right now and it just reminds you that God has got the whole world in in His hands. That is Him speaking to you. Maybe someone shares a prophetic word with you and it's like they've they've read your mail and it's like, did you open that email already without telling me? And you know that God has spoken to you. You know, it's fairly often people will come up to me after a Sunday service and say to me, Andy, that talk was just for me. And I feel like saying, well, no, it wasn't. (laughs) But, but, But what they're actually saying is, God was speaking to me through what, what, through what you said. It was like God knew that I needed to hear that. And what that tells tells us is God cares. God cares and loves us enough that He would speak personally to us. God is speaking all of the time to every one of us personally. The issue is on our side. Now, some of you may remember how radios and TVs used to work in the olden days. And I'm not that old. But you used to have to tune them in. Do you remember that? And some of you here are are too young to remember that. And you're saying, "So, so they didn't all have remote controls. No. No. Even the television, you had to tune it in. And that's... That, that's like that's what it can be like when with listening to God's voice. That we need to tune in to hear God speak to us. 
And so this is the second key that I want to share this morning, that we need to position to listen. We need to position to listen. Verse 3, Jesus says, the sheep listen to the shepherd's voice. They actually listen. Now, this is something we're going to explore and unpack more in the small group materials this week. We're going to think about, you know, there are two main ways that God speaks to us, through the Bible and prophetically. And so we're going to explore that together in the small group material. So please make sure uh, that you're a part of a small group this week. We need to position to listen. Now, listening starts by hearing. And to hear God's voice, most if not all of us need to dial down. Because our world is very busy and noisy. So the wisdom of the psalmist speaks loudly to us. Psalm 46 and verse 10. Be still and know that I am God. That is really good advice. It is, it's always been good advice. It is really good advice now. Uh, we live in a very noisy world. We're living in a very anxious world right now. And so we need to create margin in our lives where we can be still. Where we can just quieten ourselves down in God's presence. You see, the danger is, and many of us live lives this way, don't we, where we just rush from one thing to the next. The phone is always on. We might have our headphones on. We've always got noise in our heads, noise in our world. We're juggling all sorts of things. And actually, one of the things we probably need to do is find a chair in a quiet place. Somewhere. Might be on the bus. Take a walk in a park. Be still and know that He is God. Create margin in our lives to hear God's voice. And you know, there is a difference between hearing and listening. As someone rightly has said, hearing is through the ears, but listening is through the mind. And so it starts with hearing. We have a sense of something the Lord is saying. Maybe through the Bible, through a prophetic word, through something we've seen that God has drawn our attention to. We're hearing something. The question is, is are we listening? It, because listening takes us to that place of we've heard something, we are now going to act upon it. We're going to respond in some way. And we see this through Jesus' teaching in John chapter 10. Verse 3. The shepherd calls the sheep by name and leads them out. There's a response. They were told to follow and they did. Verse 4, the shepherd goes on ahead of them, and the sheep follow him. There's a response. Verse 27, my sheep listen to my voice, I know them, and they follow me. Again, do you hear this response? The shepherd speaks, and the sheep respond. They've heard and they listen, they respond. The third key that I want to share this morning is that God's voice has purpose. It has purpose. Jesus is always leading us into his purposes. Some of, sometimes that is just leading us, not just, he's leading us into a deeper experience of relationship with him. You know, very often one of the things when I'm reading the Bible, I'm just aware, God loves me. And it's as simple as that. But I know that my life is safe in his hands. Again, that is a good thing to know every day of our lives. It seems especially important right now. That whatever is going on in our world, 
that we come to a place of saying, you know what? My times are in His hands. My life is in His hands. I am going to trust Him. I don't have the answers to everything that's going on in my world. It is highly uncertain, but I am going to trust the Prince of Peace to look after my life. I'm going to trust Him more than hand sanitizer. Use hand sanitizer, but ultimately, who is going to save your life? Soap or Jesus? Use soap, okay? But trust Jesus, okay? This, this is this thing, isn't it? You know, faith does not mean leaving our brains at the door. We need to be wise, but ultimately, I'm going to put my life in the hands of Jesus, the Good Shepherd. And so very often when Jesus speaks to us, it's because he wants to draw us into deeper relationship with him. Simply that. It's like, why do you speak to your friends? Or if you're married, why do you speak to your spouse? It's because it's, it's, it's the language of love, isn't it? Sometimes it's just there's no purpose. It's just relationship. And other times Jesus wants to draw us into the purposes that he's doing in our world around us. You know, he may speak to us about you know, our colleagues at work or our neighbors or people in our family, our friendship group. He may talk to us about the people that we pass in the street, the injustice in society, the poverty that we see. He may speak to us about the potential for good in people's lives. You know, in everybody's life, I believe there's nuggets of gold. There's nuggets of gold in our own life. There's nuggets of gold in the people's lives that we have relationship with. But often, that, that, that gold is covered in mud in our own life and in other people's lives. And God can, you know, He wants to show us that. He wants to talk about that in our own life and for the lives of other people. I believe that God wants to use us to bring something of His voice into our world. That has always been true. It seems especially true now. I, I, you know, we live in a highly anxious world, but we can become a non-anxious presence. You see, if you're a follower of Jesus and you are filled with the Holy Spirit, one of the things that that means is that you are a carrier of peace. Because that's who the Holy Spirit is. He carries the life of Jesus and that Jesus is the Prince of Peace. So he wants to use you to bring the presence of peace and a voice of peace into the world in which we live. And I believe right now our world needs the prophetic voice of the church and of Christian people. It desperately needs it. And so Jesus can use every one of you in your workplace, in your neighborhood, in your families, in your friendship groups, because our world needs good news. It's got enough bad news. Don't add to it. It desperately needs good news. It needs wisdom. It needs peace. It needs hope. And Jesus has that in, in bucket loads, doesn't he? That's my reading of Scripture. That's my experience of life with Jesus, that he has all of that in abundance. And we can carry that into our world. We can expect God to speak constantly if we'll incline ourselves to listen to him. That's the bottom line today. He's always speaking. We can listen. We can listen. Now, one of the things that I felt the Lord wanted to do with us this morning was very often we can, we can have limitations on how often we think God will speak to us, how he will speak to us, whether he speaks to us at all. And I felt like the Lord this morning wanted to shatter some of those glass ceilings, just to expand our expectations. So you may be here this morning, you, you may be thinking, well, God never speaks to me. And my prayer 
is that God would shatter that this morning. That you would know that he speaks to you. It may be that you are here and you think, well, God maybe sometimes speaks to me and, and, I, and I'm okay with that. And I, I want, I'm praying that that would shatter this morning. That, that you would not be happy with just hearing a little bit of God's voice. But that you would, uh, that, that, that that limitation would just shatter off of our lives this morning. And maybe you're here this morning and you're saying, well, actually, I, I feel like God speaks to me quite a, quite a lot. Wonderful. There's more. If you've heard me speak before, you, you'll often heard me say this, but Jesus, there is always more. There is always more that he has for us. And so, for, in some ways, this is like, I believe the Lord wants to like recalibrate normal for us. That where we've got comfortable with hearing the Lord speak in this way or this amount, that actually he would shatter that and just expand our expectations this morning. Does that seem okay? Let's hope for a little more. Do we want to hear God speak to us? Why don't you stand with me? I'm very simply, just we're in God's presence this morning, and the Holy Spirit is already here, but I'm just going to pray a prayer to, 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 that, that is, come Holy Spirit. And I pray that in the context, Lord is here, but we want to be more aware of His presence, for His presence become more um, kind of present amongst us here this morning. And then I'm just going to leave some space, because my expectation this morning is that the Lord wants to speak to you. And so this is part of us being still and knowing that He is God, of creating space for Him to speak personally into our lives. So, you are invited this morning to incline yourselves towards Jesus. And a really good prayer to be praying is, Lord, speak to me. I'm doing my very best to listen today. So come, Holy Spirit. We thank you for your presence here. We ask for more. Come and hover in this place today. Over every one of our lives, we invite you to come and be present with us. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you speak to us now in Jesus' name. Speak to the depths of our being. Lord, we're here. We're inclining ourselves towards you. We're doing our best to listen. We invite you to speak.